Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don't forget to check me out at smitty1.com, which contains all my content all in one place. My most recent YouTube show, all my social handles, my sleeperu.com, news site, everything, smitty1.com. Uh, JK and ETN off the board for people, and that vaults Gus Edwards into the, the spotlight. And I, I feel like people are overdrafting Gus Edwards a little bit. On the topic of Barkley, we could talk about Barkley too. He's not ready. He's not ready. Do you know how perfect he would have to be and everything have to go perfect for him to justify his ADP in the first round? It, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Like, I take Najee Harris. 100 times out of 100 over Saquon Barkley. And you should see the reactions and the comments I get on it. It's like, are you crazy? Are you mad? I take Gibson. I take I take Najee Harris. I take all the top five. I would take, I would take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I, you want to hear something? I would take Swift. I don't go near Swift. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm joined by Dr. Jesse Morris to talk injury, whatever we want. It's going to be like a free-for-all heading into week one, I guess, would be the topic. Uh, JK and ETN off the board for people, and that vaults Gus Edwards into the the spotlight. And I I feel like people are overdrafting Gus Edwards a little bit because... They're still going to do a, a sharing type situation there. It doesn't just yeah. give Gus Edwards this like monster volume. You know, they got Tyson Williams, um, Justice Hill. Who, who who do you think is the lead dog mid mid season? Do you think it will be Gus? Do you think he'll hold up? What's your injury prognosis on a guy like Gus that's just going to be handy? He actually he doesn't have. Uh, let me pull up my draft guide. He doesn't have a lot of injury risk, if I remember correctly. Which sounds kind of funny, but um, but in actuality, the, um, the the problem is they're they're always a bell cow community. Like they're you know they're like sixty forty you know fifty five forty five, and I mean then you got to remember that's taking out a Lamar, so that's a whole separate discussion. So and remember that that um, what's his name uh, Edwards doesn't catch the ball. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not. I mean, he don't throw the ball a lot, but he doesn't yeah. catch. I think he's got like seven catches. Yeah, dude's so, not going to. So convert. it's not like you know, it's not like you're really going to target him per se, right? Um, you he's know, I, for, overdrafted, plain and simple. So, like to give you an idea, I drafted. I I, I wrote profiles for forty guys. He wasn't in there. Yeah, you know, before this was, you know, in the off season. Yeah, and he was a backup, so that makes sense if you're you're doing mainly the starters. But especially if you're PPR, it's like. But I mean, there was a couple guys that I probably you know wanted to talk about, like you know, Tariq Cohen and and Marlon Mack that probably weren't relevant per se. But yeah, um, you know, now I mean, when you add J.K. Dobbins, the fact that he's out, and the fact that Bateman's out, um, and Sammy Watkins has never really been able to stay healthy, or you know, for good stretches. 
It's you're starting to be like, all right, well, somebody's got to get the rock. Like you're running out of people here. Is they just going to play catch with Andrews and hopefully Hollywood doesn't restrain his hamstring? Yeah, I like I like I like Tyson Williams most given the cost. Like you can either overpay for Gus, like you said, no catches. I yeah. stay away from it. In, in fact, I've got a lot of people. I got Dynasty content. I got a bunch of Dynasty followers because I do half Dynasty, half redraft. And and one question I'm getting in waves right now relates to what do I do with JK? I've got Gus and JK, or I just have JK. What can I do? And the best way out in a dynasty perspective is to trade him for another running back that is going through a little bit of a, an up and down in terms of news and, and, and expectation. And that's Javante Williams. You got Melvin Gordon potentially banged up looking at, uh, potentially losing his job in week one to Javante. Then all of a sudden, Melvin Gordon kind of you know creeps back into the news as a guy that's looking like he's going to get more carries than people thought in week one. But that doesn't scare me off at all because I expect Javante to be firing on all cylinders by week like three, four, five. Could be at halftime in week one. Um, so one of my big recommends is to trade JK away, JK and, and Gus away for Javante Williams. And in, re- and in redraft, I would trade Gus for Javante Williams in a heartbeat. My question for you is, what are we looking at with J.K. Dobbins in terms of the future? Um, he had the MCL and the ACL, right? So LCL, we're looking at the other side. Oh, sorry, LCL and the ACL, which is a disastrous bad. situation That's a bad for combo. Yeah, that is a bad combo. And then the LCL over LCL, and uh, so uh, where's my knee model? Um, and he didn't completely tear the a, a, the LCL, right? You, it's hard to tear that. Yes. It's, yeah. So the LCL is the one on the outside. Yeah. How do you tear something on the outside? You have to get hit on the inside. Yeah. Well, the other knee's there. You usually don't think of it because right. the other knee's blocking that. Right. That's what happened to Carson Wentz. That's the same injury that Carson Wentz suffered. It's not a common one. The problem is this back corner, the, the, the small bone is on the outside. This back corner of the knee is is bad. It doesn't. It, there's so many small little ligaments, tendons. It's very important. But the problem is, it doesn't really repair well. So, I mean, it sucks that he tore it, regardless. But right. that is even a harder, you know, hill to climb. So, and 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 if you think about it, and we're this is kind of going along the Saquon route, indirectly. When was the last time a guy came back? from an ACL as a running back and look like he never missed a, a beat. AP and that's it. I mean, hell, even Dave, uh, Dalvin Cook took a year before he looked like, I mean, but right. before we now know what he looked like. Before that, I mean, we haven't had one. So it's like, I know everyone's expecting these young athletic freaks to come back and be like nothing happened, but that's, that's a hard, everything has to go perfect. And I don't, I don't like that. There's too many things that have to go perfect for him to be right. the same value as this year. Like, And let me tell enough. you, if anybody thinks they're the Ravens are going to potentially not add another rookie and then just cloud the situation up, they got another thing coming. They're not just going to wait and say, okay, yeah, JK. Yeah, they can't. Too, it's too risky. Yeah. And, and on the topic of Barkley, we could talk about Barkley too. I, I think I talked about it last time we talked. I've been a big, big no Barkley in round one guy I've been beating that drum for a while, and I get a lot of pushback on it. And it's a lot of Barkley truthers, people that are already in the existing leagues. And I understand the reason and the rationale behind wanting to back them. 
But to me, and, and, and I, I, I give you the road in terms of injury, but I do feel like I'm a very well-versed guy, 19 years of covering injuries and stuff. So I, I feel like I got a good gauge on injury, but I love, I love confirming it with you because then it makes me feel like, okay, I, I, I nailed this part. But when you look at a guy like Barkley, one of the most athletic running backs or players we've ever seen, and, and he had a surgery really early on, and he's still not where he needs to be to where you can confidently say, yeah, I'm good to go. You got to think like there's some kind of setback they're not telling us about. And in today's NFL news world, we don't hear anything until the, the next year. Oh, he had a cleanup surgery in June that we didn't know about. And they tell yeah. us later. Yeah, there's always something. What's they, going through your mind? They are, they, in terms of like old injuries or, or, or older injuries that guys are coming back from, unless it's like, hey, why is he not on the field type of thing? Usually they, they don't like to talk about all that stuff. You know, so like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had additional, uh, uh, you know, stem cells put in there. That's what I would do. If it was my knee, I promise you that's exactly what I would do. What makes you, um, what comes to your mind though, when you hear that Barkley doesn't know where he's at a couple weeks back when they ask him, you know, Hey, are you ready for week one? I don't know where I'm at. I'm going to, you know, take it slow make sure this is my career here. Um, also you're hearing reports today and weeks ago that his week one volume is in question. If his availability is even, you know, if he's even available at all. What goes through your mind in terms of why he's not where he needs to be when he's one of the most physically gifted players? He doesn't trust him yet. He doesn't trust his knee yet. But why so is the he- problem with the ACL is that whenever you have it repaired, it has a little bit more play, a little bit more wiggle than a regular in your other knee than your yeah. regular ACL, assuming you don't have another repair. Right. So, like, when you cut... It like does this little move and you're like, whoa, is it going to tear again? It takes a long time to trust that. And that's the problem is that he, it, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Remember when we saw the video the other day of Cortland Sutton do this crazy hard cut? Mm-hmm. Like he literally ran and like jump cut. And then I don't know if you saw it. It was, it was a beautiful cut. But, and then he just went the other route. And I wrote, I think it was Stefania Bell wrote it. And I wrote, I want to see Saquon do this. Because, I mean, it was, and it was on his surgically repaired ACL, that knee. And I'm like, I want to see that confidence where you literally are going hard and you change directions and go the other way. You have to trust that ligament. If you don't trust that ligament, you're not going to do that. You're going to softer. You're going to kind of do this little shimmy or whatever. But, I mean, you're not going to literally go hard and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're cutting in the completely opposite direction. That's the level of confidence that it takes to finally look like nothing ever happened. And a lot of times it takes a year, a year plus. Yeah. To get that, and he's—I don't—I don't think he's there yet, and and then that's okay. That's completely normal, but yeah. people don't understand that that's normal. And, and the crazy part, though, is like he got eight live reps, you know, the other day, and people were like, "Yeah, he's back, he's back." But if you watch him, he's very timid. He's 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 in pads. He's not getting hit. It's so different. Like even a wide receiver coming back versus a running back. Running back is taking shots to the knee. Three hundred pound lineman jumping on his back. It's a completely different thing when a running back's coming back from an ACL tear. There's a lot more cutting going on. And, oh, yeah. and, and Barkley just, I even if he ends up getting on the field and they feed him double-digit carries, he, he can't possibly be in position to, I think, handle that 
in 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 a way that's not going to be compensating and cause another potential injury like hamstring groin. You know what would have, what set the world on fire tonight? And I was so friggin' ready for it. It didn't happen, but I would have. Should did if they put him on the pup. The world would have burned. Right, and and it wouldn't shocked me all that much because that would know, but that the world would have been like, like they. I'm telling you, they would have freaked out. Yeah, we but, knew but, Michael Thomas was going on the pup. That was given. But if Saquon went on the pup, like Tariq Cohen did, yeah, I, I that, think that would have went out a little under the radar. I don't know if many people. I think that. the the part again that that's hard to to grasp unless we hear something later and then it makes sense that there was a setback. That uh, we watch players time and time again with this much time get to a place where they may not be a hundred percent, but they're saying, "Look, I'm back. I'm ready." They may, you know, kind of like fake it until they make it, but they they pretty much are at a place where they're ready to rumble at this point in time. Barkley looks like he's just barely testing the waters, and and so that's what I'm saying. There's got to be. I don't know what's going through your mind. Other than he doesn't trust it, what is causing the delay? And then we'll leave it at that because clearly I'm I'm trying to find a, a, a reason. I, I think he, he I don't think he debuts until debuts until week three. That would be that would put the world on fire as well. Like you're not going to put him on the on the pup, but you're going to potentially rest him because he's your future. He's if he's not ready, he's not ready. And everybody pretending he's ready because he's Saquon Barkley and not looking at the actual facts, not looking at him running. When he when he made those, he did those eight live reps, he made those cuts. They were very, very, like, nonchalant, like, not, not hard cutting, like you said, with, with, with Cortland Sutton. And he kept looking down at his knee. Like, he's not he's not ready. He's not ready. And, and, uh, and, that, and, I would and that's what I expected. And that's what people, I'm like, do you know how perfect he would have to be and everything have to go perfect for him to justify his ADP in the first round? It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Like, I take Najee Harris 100 times out of 100 over Saquon Barkley. And you should see the reactions and the comments I get on it. It's like, are you crazy? Are you mad? I take Gibson. I take, I take Najee Harris. I take... All the top five. I would take. I would take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, and I, you want to hear something? I would take Swift. I don't go near Swift. That's that's our first <laughs> disagreement. That's the all day. No, 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 Swift, yeah, dude. If you, you got get 70, 80 targets, it, if he gets fifteen, twenty touches, he rushes a game. I, you know what? I get a lot of pushback on Swift as well. And but you got. I know he's injured. I know he's injured got, right I, now. I'm not super okay, concerned about his injury. Prone to me, and he's already injured, so that I already feel validated on that concern. That but here's the problem: Who the hell are they going to throw to? Okay, they, we heard. I know they're going to lose by like thirty, but like. But we heard this with. Get the ball. We heard this with Miles Sanders. When I called Miles Sanders the biggest running back bust in round two last year, people said Boston Scott. How are they? You know what I mean? So like, they're going to find a way. This is a committee approach, and when they call him the B back, and they call Jamal Williams the A back. When there's multiple reports, different months spread out where they're like, we're going to ride the hot hand. Then Campbell said that, you know, he's going to use, you know, two backs. There, it's been it's been constant running back by committee talk. So here's my concern. You have the injury risk, which I feel is, is justified right now. We, we can we can say that he's banged up. Definitely a, a worry. Uh, you got the workload concern. You've got the fact that they dismantled their entire team and they're going to have a lot of three and outs. They won't sniff the, the end zone or the red zone near as much as they used to. And they'll be behind a lot throwing the football. I get what you're saying, PPR, but if he's splitting time between him and Jamal, you're talking about splitting PPR work 
in situations where you're down in the third and fourth quarter and completely phasing out the running game, it seems like a disaster for a team that won't score touchdowns. I mean, they'd be, they'll be lucky to have two or three wins. There just seem like a lot of obstacles for a third-round ADP. Similar to Barkley at one, a lot of obstacles. Things got to go perfect for Swift to earn third-round ADP. Give me Josh Allen. I'll go cross position and I'll take Josh Allen and have the number one overall score. Well, I mean, I'm talking about in terms of yeah. running backs, I would take. So, uh, how about we do this? Okay. PPR, because I that's just in my head. That's what I play more often. Yeah, who doesn't? Josh Jacobs or Swift? Swift. Right? That's yeah. not. And we but know, know. Jacobs going to get stupid carries. I mean, Should I say just, neither? <laughs> I mean, that would probably be the best answer, but... Give me, um, hey, give me Javante Williams over both, and he's not even starting week one. So, I like Javante. I definitely have a little bit of... I, I still, I think Melvin has a little bit left in the tank. I, I don't know why. I, I just, I, I can't explain really the reasoning. I just think he does. Yeah. Hey. But I do like, I like Javante over Michael Carter. I, I like I like Javante as the, as the top running back. Uh, 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 in terms of uh, rookie, I, I love Sermon, but uh, but I don't think with that you like him over. You like Javante over Harris, though. Oh, sorry, you, I always forget Harris. After I feel Harris. like he's in his own league. Harris um, is like a veteran already. Yeah, I mind. mean, I liked him over Etienne. I liked him over yeah. like Harris is like his own tier. Like, yeah, he's, you know, I'll yeah, shock you, you with Harris. Really compare the two. Let's go Harris next. I'm gonna shock you with Harris. Go ahead. But um, and and then like um. People are probably asking about CH's ankle. I got a couple questions today about it. He did suffer an ankle sprain, and it wasn't an easy ankle sprain, but he got lucky, like stupid lucky. I think by the time week one rolls around, he'll be good. But there was, there was, an, it could have been bad, bad. But I just drafted him a little bit ago in an underdog, so like I, I'm in on him. So uh, I'm okay with CH. But love CH. Uh, He's gonna get his PPR work. Rookies, yeah, I, I feel like protection. he has. He's a little sneaky this year. Yeah, very sneaky. He's not going to phase, get phased out. No game scripting, Ceh out anymore. That was the downfall. He had a good year. People just had high expectations. It was our fault because we none of yeah. us saw the pandemic hitting the way it did, and and all the rookies got taken out from the PPR perspective. But but yeah, so go ahead, Melvin Gordon. We're talking about Javante. Melvin Gordon. What feeling do you get about him staying healthy though? So I have a little intel that I can't share. I'll just leave it at that. That's helpful. But well, just just know that the re- indirectly the reason why I know it. But um, so, but I feel like there's still some left in the tank. But he's got he's starting to get somewhere and tear in his tires. But he's one of those guys that nah, he's not a he's not a a, 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 gore, a gore where he's going to be around for eternity. But I still think he's got you know a couple maybe two or three years left in him. Um, but but I, I think he'll still be effective, but they will definitely use Javante, no question. Um, but but honestly, I I think he still works enough at the offense to be effective. And then if, if Javante screws up, he misses a block, he you know does something stupid, you know, I, I, unless Melvin gets another DUI, I think we'll be okay. See, I'm I'm. I do worry about when he gets into the lineup and and gets you know full type workload. Even if he's sharing a little bit, that's fine. Every running back's going to share 
but they drafted him near first round, top of the second, you know, very top of the second. And and he's got such a good skill set. This guy's probably the second or first best pass protecting running back in the draft class. So that's a very big plus that goes completely un- unnoticed and overlooked. And he's a good receiving back. He's explosive. Um, I think Gordon, Gordon's like a 3.9 yard per carry running back. He needs volume. And I think yeah. if he's not getting volume... If he doesn't get volume, like if they do do a divide, I think he'll be outshined by Williams, and then they'll shove Williams in eventually. That's kind of the way I I look at it. But it's yeah, a man, that's always been Melvin's issue is he needs volume in order yeah. to justify his yeah. three point nine. You know, potency yeah. or whatever, you know, he so, doesn't have that Aaron Jones five point five or whatever the hell. It is. It's crazy. It's gonna you know. So what's your take on um, this New Orleans offense now? I'll, I'll be honest, man. I, I was pushing a little bit toward the direction of Taysom Hill until I start. I saw Callaway break out and become force-fed by Winston. And I, I'm I'm quickly, quickly buying into Winston being very, very good for this offense. And, and that's something that I'm going to have to change directions on because I didn't, I didn't think Winston was going to impress me after, you know, kind of not being a starter for a while. And I thought he just looked too rusty and not, not have it anymore. But in this offense, it fits perfectly. And Callaway, no, Callaway's going to be. I agree. But I talked. So I'll give you some insider info. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but um, I talked with a one of another player that knows him and, and knows how he thinks. And he basically said this was before, like not this was like a couple months ago. And he said one of the issues that Jameis that concerns me about Jameis is his decision making. He's like, I don't think he ever grew up. Right. And, and, and remember, he was super young when he came out. Um, and, I, and he's like, I just don't. And that, there are certain things that you just either you have and you learn or you don't. He's like, I don't think he ever learned it. Maybe, Arrested development or something. You know, like maybe he learned it over the past year under the tutelage of Peyton and, 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 and um, Sean Payton. And Drew Brees, like maybe that's maybe that's what it took to get his head on straight, fixed his eyes. We know he always had a cannon. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, but I mean, Cal, I knew Callaway was going to be sneaky, uh, and he's actually on my. He was he was my one of my top sleeper wide receivers like ten or twelve days ago. So the video was out before he ever went exploded. Uh, now it just it looks you know it looks like I, I joined the bandwagon, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, the problem is they don't have a whole lot of offense. Like Troutman's banged up with an ankle. Trey Cron Smith, I mean, if hopefully he's always he stayed up. Hurt. Troutman's banged up. I mean, they have Kamara, they have Callaway, and then I don't know. Maybe they'll use Taysom as a tight end. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're gonna do? He's practicing only as quarterback, but but they may revert back to something like that. But but Callaway, Callaway, and Mike Thomas are a really sneaky wide receiver three because you can kind of cuff them together. And with Mike Thomas going on the a pup list. That's going to, yeah. I think, make people even draft him further back. So oh, yeah. you, dra- you draft Callaway, I don't know, round eight. I-, I mean, I'm taking him that high. I don't care. I'll take him I'll take him a little high so someone doesn't get cute and grab him from me. I think this guy could be a top that 15 wide receiver. He has very, top 20 potential. Like, you very put easily. him with Jameis, and then Jameis just gunslings it. Like, like he could easily go off for, like, like eight for like one ninety and three. Yeah. Some crazy Let me number. put it this way: I wouldn't be. Sh- I'm expecting top. Fi- I'm expecting top fifteen wide receivers. It, it's expected from me. 
But I wouldn't be shocked if we saw something where he's flirting inside the, the 10, the 8 to 12. Like, this guy is special. And and when you watch, it's not just that he fell. He tripped and fell into 104 yards on five catches, five for five, uh, for 104 yards and two touchdowns. He manhandled his way into those two touchdowns. Uh, he he um, took over that game, no question. And, and I think that I've seen enough. It only takes a little bit sometimes for me to see talent in a guy. Like Arian Foster, his he was unrestricted free agent, came in, I yeah. believe it was 2010, and 2009 maybe was his rookie year, 2010. And he came in and he played just week 16 and week 17. And all all I needed to see were those two games and, and him working as the Yeah, starter. he came out of nowhere and he looked and great. I dropped a bull prediction on CBS, or actually it was NBC Sports Radio then, on the world's longest running fantasy football radio show that I did for, for, for 19 straight years. And I dropped the bull prediction there saying that that guy, as a fifth and sixth round pick, it was like February, March, April, that would be a top one to five overall player and top five running back in 20 or 20, I think it's 2010. And and so I, I every once in a while have those feelings about a guy. I could be wrong, but but you're running the risk, you're running more of a risk of not taking a stab at him at his cost than you are investing in him. So if you want to play the old ah, he might he's probably not gonna be it. You're you're over you're overemphasizing this. That's fine. And if I if I miss, cost me nothing. Cost me an eighth round. Exactly. So that's a very high ceiling, pretty low risk. Yeah. Like you know like so here my best ball I did an hour ago. Jameis, Mac, Taysom, Kamara, C E H, Moss, Alex Collins, F one, Judy, Antonio Brown, Callaway, Michael Thomas Jacoby, Traquan Smith, Nico Collins, Hawkinson, Jonu Smith, Troutman. Nice. I mean, if the New Orleans is anything half bad, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. it's like, and, and with that New Orleans offense, because as long, you have to get Kamara. Like, that's it. You have, obviously. But, like, you can get the rest of the offense. It's cheap. Yeah. And now, and now Tony, um, Tony, uh, what's his no. name? Jones, Jones Tony Jones, the yeah, backup I running got, back. I got sniped. I, I tried he he looks like he's probably going to be the backup at, at, at some point, if not right away. So if anybody's wondering if it's Lat Murray or Tony Jones, it's probably Tony Jones. But, um, you know, in, in deep leagues, you might have to grab both and wait a week and make your decision on who you cut as the backup. But you need to cuff Kamara. Very, very important. But Kamara, 81 receptions, 81 receptions, 81 receptions, 83. He's the yeah. definition of consistency in PPR. And and I, I I consider him a workhorse. I define workhorse differently than most people. It's about volume to me. It's not about carries. Up He's to actually guys. my RB one. Yeah, I know I, I, before this all happened. Yeah, he was my RB one two weeks ago. He's my two. He's my two. I, I definitely have McCaffrey one, but I I have Zeke Elliott as my surprise two or three. Surprise three. Yeah, I, I think he's Zeke, up there for me. I love Zeke this year. I, yeah, I, I think he's got an axe to grind. I think that that offense, as long as Dak looks like he should. Um, I mean that defense is still not good, so I don't think it's going to be that offense is going to be as good as it was the past the first five six weeks or whatever. But I, I mean it won't be. I don't think it's going to be far off. If if something if if you or I had our ankle rolled on, we might escape it and be okay. If Dak has that surgically repaired ankle, both sides of that ankle, hardware on one side, what screws on the other. If he had that thing rolled up on. Is there no shot in hell that thing's holding up? So no, I, I'm a, I'm confident it'll hold up. I'm more concerned about his mobility. 
And then even I had Dr. Parekh, who he does these surgeries. He's a foot and ankle surgeon at Duke. Um, and he's like, I need, and he's a Cowboys fan. He's like, I need to see him be confident in that angle before I can say he's going to be the same player. Like, that's a bad injury. I mean, him and Michael Thomas's injuries weren't that different. Thomas should have had surgery right away. Alex Smith's surgery was a whole nother freaking level planet, so you can't yeah. really compare the two. But like Dak's injury was bad. Yeah, but it was but, career. But, I mean, because of that, it's, it's more for me. It's more so that medial ankle, that that the inside of the ankle where 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 he tore that bad ligament, uh, the, the thick ligament. The the fracture is fine. I'm not worried about the fracture. He will have some injuries to the cartilage, which is eventually going to cause arthritis and some range of motion issues, and that just you can't fix. But the question is how much, and and we won't know until we see it. He may just be hesitant to run, and he running is kind of not a big part of his plan. But I mean, it's it's definitely part of his game. I mean, look at the numbers from last year. He had what four rushing touchdowns or something, in like yeah. six games. I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. I, I just feel like if he gets rolled up on, you know, the hardware, that whole side of that ankle, I'd, I it scares me a little bit, but. It scares me enough to bump him down below Herbert and Kyler, but not much further yeah. than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I love Herbert. I think I know people say might he might regress. I don't think so. That I, kid is something else, man. I'm MVP, telling you, he is special. MVP conversations, man. He he's gonna be. I, I like that offense. It could be he could be I, number I three quarterback. I really like that offense. I would be shocked if he threw for with the extra game, forty plus TDs. Pretty easily and and MVP consideration. I, I really love Herbs this year. We love him on the channel. We have. We I have mean, a, um, I, 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 who's your number one sleeper? That is not even number one sleeper. Like your sleeper tight end that you like. You just you don't feel like gets any love. Well, um, I'll give you two. One Higby. Higby would be a guy you're grabbing late. And we saw what Stafford okay. did he with Hawkinson. He used to get a lot of love, and then he fell, kind of fell out of love. So. Yeah, he he can you get him way in double digit rounds. Um, now but I would used say, to be you used to have to reach for him. Yeah, I would say the one tight end that's getting no respect that should, and and like I always always say with him that when a tree falls and no one hears it, did it really fall? I feel like when a player breaks out and no one notices, did they really break out? No. So his breakout season is going to be this year, but Logan Thomas. I mean, Logan Thomas was the number three tight end, and he gets drafted in the ninth and tenth and eleventh round. It's like, does anybody? Did anybody notice that he? I didn't at first either. I had somebody uh, uh, have me look up the stats one time when I was like, I didn't, I didn't know if he finished fifth or sixth or, and he was like, he was number three. Oh no, he was. So here, and those, all, actually, all three of those. I. So the problem with the the tight ends every year is like, there's there's like two or three, there's one, and then there's like a couple that are kind of close, and then there's like this cliff, right? Or like, oh my God! It's like five, six, seven points a game difference between them. Um, if you watch the Washington football game, the first one and I think the second one—I I knew it was at least the first one—Fitzmagic targeted Logan Thomas. Yeah, he looked for him, and you could see. And I mean, we know he's a gunslinger like they come. So, like, I think that's a great pick. Don't. There's another guy I just feel like mentioning because I don't feel like he gets much love, and and, and you're like, oh, he didn't do. He came out of nowhere. He's gonna fade into dust, and and he, and, and that's Robert Tanyan. Like what? Eleven TDs, fourth overall. So, but but here here's the counterpoint that oh, he's not gonna get the volume. Who did they add? 
Who 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 does Rogers trust? He has a very short trust chain, right? right. He doesn't throw to many what, guys. What makes people even say that? Like, it, it's that's just a dumb thing to say. He'll regress without even any information. Like he didn't. They didn't build the report till a little bit into the season. Granted, it was kind of early on still, but Tunyon didn't get like starter run fully, you know, or the or the looks that you know he got later. So imagine with a full year what Tunyon's going to do. Like, there's a couple guys that I really love. Yeah, I can't. I can't. So there's two that that. You have one that you have to reach for, and one that you can find late that I still think has massive potential, and it was reassured today. The first one is Hawkinson, just like we talked about with volume and 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 just how yeah. potentially awful that 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 offense is going to be. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got like 160 targets if he stays healthy, like which is insane. Um, and then Janu Smith. See, I'm not, I'm not on Jonu, but I, I am on Hawkinson. Actually, Fantasy Pros, I was, I had Hawkinson higher than any analyst in the industry on Fantasy Pros. I last year. five or six. Um, five or six. Yeah, so I, I was one in tight end rankings in 2020 and 2018. So I, I love the breakout tight end conversation, and you've got uh, so, a, uh, a grip. Let me, I'll, I'm going to try to sell you on Jonu. Okay, sell me. Belichick never spends money in free agency, ever. He never had any money to spend. He overpaid and went out of his way to get Jonu. Belichick is a very a man of very few words, and most of the time it's some bullshit. Like, you don't even know what the hell. It's just a vague comment. Let's he party. has been adamant about Jonu and his ability to run after the catch. It's like he, he, he said it at least two or three times already. They're going to do jet sweeps. They've already done a couple jet sweeps with him. Mac can put the ball. I don't know if you have a chance to watch. I Mac do like Mac with him now. I mean, it makes me like more. he puts the ball. His ball placement is incredible. I'm like, this kid is a rookie. Like his ball placement is crazy. And like, so I feel like that's going to help. And then the, uh, the offense will be able to move the ball. Like last year, Cam is so restricted, didn't know the offense. Uh, like they were like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about him throwing the ball, so we're going to stack the box. They didn't. Ha- they didn't even have like I think Matt Lacrosse was one tight end. Devin Asiasi couldn't stay healthy; and he was a rookie. Like they didn't have any tight ends. Now they have two that are pretty good or really good. Hunter Henry, I think, is slept on. I, I mean, I'm not he's ready to give up Jacoby Myers. I love Jacoby Myers. I think he's. I think he has top thirty potential. Uh, the kid just is like Henry. A, I can guarantee you. Let me ask you this real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you. If you have to be within three games, you have like on either side of this. How many games? Life on the line. How many games does Hunter Henry play in 2021? You have to be within three games either side. Eight. Okay. I I I, I just got me, this feeling he struggles to stay healthy. Give me five. So that's good he's, for Jonu though. Say, he's that, already banged up. He's got a. He can't stay healthy. Shoulder. He can't. It's impossible. I have to look at my list. But but that's good um, for Jonu if, if, yeah. if he ends up like not. So being there's able to one play. guy that I'm not ready to give up on yet. I mean, not yet, but like it's not Herndon. Don't, don't get me started on him. Jared Cook? No, that's a, it's his partner in crime. Okay. But I do like Cook. I do kind of like if he's got a little left, I like Cook because Herbert needs him. Parham. Who? Parham. Donald Parham. 
The other tight end. You don't know who it is, do you? Look at Donald Parham. He's the Chargers. Second tight end. He is of XFL fame. What about McKitty? Look, I'm telling you, watch Parham's tape. He's 6'8 or 6'9. He reminds me of Waller. It's a crazy comp, I'm telling you. He's 24. He's young, 23, 24. He's ginormous. He's got great hands. We saw last year that he caught some balls and started getting some love. And I heard rumblings that there's a decent rapport with Herbert. I don't know. I'm telling you, if there's a yeah. late dart, maybe don't sleep on Parham. Maybe I'm in Dynasty. Right now. Maybe in Dynasty, I, I'll, I'll it, take a look. He's dirt cheap. He's literally like, yeah. he's not even drafted half the time. Yeah, I think McKitty. Or like way down. I mean, one of those guys, let's say it's him. Let's say, let's say it's Parham. Let's say it's uh, one of those guys is going to be either um, McKitty or, or Cook. But but Parm's, uh, Parm's three, I think, on the depth chart. But maybe McKitty ends up doing something, too. But one of those tight ends, whoever it is, whoever Herbert locks I, I mean, you know, it could be all three. I mean, we know we know uh, Keenan Allen is going to get his. We know Ekro is going to get his. Josh Palmer. I hope Mike Williams can stay healthy with that. I think he's playing the X, right? Um, yeah, but if not, Guyton, Josh Palmer is going to step up. And then Palmer. I mean, you got Guyton, who's like a just a – Kind of a Djax type of player, and then and then and then um, Palmer. Um, I mean, this this offense is like a lot of what I call toys. They have a lot of weapons. Um, Eckler, you worried about? I mean, we know we know Herbert can hit him. The dude can hit fifty yard bombs like not even trying. You like Eckler a lot. You've told me, and we never talked about it. We never redid our show. And here. it's not even because his his love for like the the, the fantasy community is like one of us, but he's right. happy to play the game, but. Um, I mean, I don't what? know how much they're going to use him as a rusher, but my God, is if he doesn't get eight targets a game. But like, what makes what makes you feel confident with his ability to stay healthy, though? Because he does feel like I, I like him a lot. I really do like him, but I do worry that, that so he's not. If you look at his be... history, he stayed really healthy. Last year was his only injury in four years. So the. And, the the concern, and, and though, the other thing, that was a bad hammy. Most guys would have been done for the year. He came back and had like a very, very good season. That's true. But my concern so would like, be that he's, you know, he could have re-injured it. He could have been done for the year. Yeah, he could have nicky knack like CMC and just had his new friggin' other injury. And that team wasn't very good. I mean, they were good, but they weren't that good. Like where they were playing. But he won. He was adamant about coming back. And they were like, "Oh, they're gonna baby him." Now, dude got like twenty touches yeah. in his first game back. I'm like. It, it was very weird how quickly he re- that was absolutely unbelievable. Like you got to wonder what injection he got on that. But but what, what what I do feel like though the part that worries me if there's a part that worries me and and I don't take him in round one. I take him in round two and I'm comfortable with that. But the part that makes me not want to take him in round one is that he was so effective in his old role where he's get, catching a hundred balls, running for three hundred yards, something like that. Yeah. Transitioning him over to the full time between the tackle uh, uh, role worries me because we haven't ever seen him do it, and I just worry that he's not built for that. And 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 getting injured and not really delivering up to the standards we all expected in his first year doing it worries me enough to say, "Hey, let's pump so the brakes and see him do it." Look at his numbers. 
in the four games that Melvin Gordon was on suspension or hiatus, whatever you want to call it. He was very good. They're still going to use Kelly. They're still going to use uh, Jackson. I think Jackson's got a groin injury, though. So, but in general, I, 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 it, I, have, I think I have Eckler at five or six. I, I know I, it's crazy, but I'm, I just got this feeling that he's a monster. And especially if they, if they treat him like a Camara, if yeah. they treat him like Camara, it's going to be crazy. My guy, my guy that, that I'm way too high on as well. Like that is Najee Harris. I I've been preaching lately. I've gone back and forth admittedly on where I think people should draft him. I did pump the brakes when DeCastro was cut. I'm like, Hey, let's put him at 13 overall. Let's not push him into the, the round one. And you always hear the Clyde comparisons. What about Clyde? You can't draft this guy in the first round. We should have learned our lesson. Clyde mm, busted on us. I, I don't I last year has nothing to do with this year. And this guy's already embedded in, in the PPR aspect of everything. He he's learned pass protection. Clyde didn't. None of the rookies did. I think Najee Harris should be drafted at number eight, number seven, number nine overall. If your plan of attack is to get a running back and the big guns are off the board. I take Najee over Chubb. I take Najee over JT. I take Najee over Aaron Jones. I think Najee Harris is mm. going to have, he's going to dance with the top five total touches in the NFL in 2021. I'm worried about a rookie wall, but that's the only worry I have about this guy. So I was with you until Jones. I could, I could make the justification that Jones deserves to be higher because he's done it. Because he, the role is solidified and because he continues to put up these monster rushing averages, you know, yards per carry, which mm-hmm. sounds silly. But, I mean, dude averaged like 5.5 yards per carry like three years in a row. Like, that's not fluky at this point. He needs the TDs, though, which he gets. But, you know, he needs Yeah, it. I mean, but overall, I mean, I'm, Bakhtiari scares me a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think that I w- there's not a big difference between – um, between like um, Jones and, and and Harris, like I think their volume is going to be there. I, I, here's the thing: every, every what we wanted James Conner to be in Pittsburgh is what Najee Harris is. I honestly think like the problem with James James Conner is he's never stay healthy. They could, they would have given thirty touches a game. Like they, I, that's what they want to do. I think Harris is going to be top five, a top five running back. I really, really do. I think the, Where do vo- I have the volume. He's up there. I know he's up there. The volume uh, is just going to be there. He's going to be a volume king, and, and he's he's shown shown a lot of promise already in the passing game. I know Big Ben is going to target him a ton. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's and, definitely going to be targeted. And Big Ben looks better than I thought he was going to look, which gave me that extra bump. You know, like I, I realize this a long year. Big Ben did good and then tailed off last year, so he's a year older. I fully expect him not to to play like a young Big Ben the whole year. But the fact that he looked very mobile and he looked pretty darn good, it it gave me the little bump I needed to say, you know what? I don't care. I, first of all, I don't care what anybody thinks, anyways. But I don't care if I get you know uh, uh, looks or eye rolls or chuckles in a draft if I'm going Najee Najee Harris at eight overall. I'll take Najee Harris at eight overall all day long. I, I won't so you, have, you know where I have him? I'm looking at my rankings right now. And and you know why? 
because to me, instead of going wide receiver there, I, I just don't I don't like Nick Chubb there. He shares carries. I worry about injury with Chubb. I like Harris and Ridley, Harris and Justin Jefferson, or Harris and yeah, uh, you know, versus going like Adams, who I think Ridley can contend with anyway, and then I get the running back I want where I want him. So the problem with that late first is that you have to make a decision. Well, I mean, you have to make a decision anyway, but are you going to bite the bullet with Kelsey? But then you're not getting a true QB uh, wide receiver one or a true uh, late, late first round running back, right? You have to pick your poison. But or do you go elite wide receiver and then pick up whoever is available on the way back? If I knew Clyde would be there, I would go out of his Clyde. But I never draft Kelsey in round one. I won't. I won't. It's just the only time I I did it was in Scott Fishbowl because of the crazy settings. Yeah. You know, and, and, and between the Superflex and the TE Premium, and, like, there was just a lot of variables. I was like... Give me and, give and, me Ridley. Give me Ridley and Logan Thomas Logan. later. Ridley so, and Logan uh, Thomas. I don't, I don't here, mess, I don't mess with um, one. <laughs> so, I, I think we've talked about my crazy takes on uh, Dalvin Cook, and everybody hates me for it, but I don't care. Um... But when when he goes down with injury, they'll remember me. Well, um, we're both. I don't know if you remember. We're both on that same page of like he he was carried off the field. He was out for the season in a coffin. They were nailing it shut like four times last year. Oh, I, own, I own him and and I owned him in like eight leagues. So I I know I held my breath on every carry. And and that guy with the shoulder, um, I don't see how he plays a full season. He barely he did yet. last year. And no one plays a full season. That's the problem. That's where they go. Oh, nobody plays a full season. I mean, except Derek Herring. Um, and now, you know, CMC is, is, is now part of the concern. But um, So, for me, um, I can't get over JT. I, I think the volume, I, I, the Heinz thing scares me a little bit. But I think he's enough of a monster, and that offensive line is ridiculous. I think he does enough to stay in the top eight. I can see it. I can't do it myself. I can see it. I think Wentz going down, Nelson going down, put it. They'll in be ready a, for week one. You be ready? Yeah, ready yeah. But one. but I'm saying when they did, it put things into perspective. Like if Wentz goes down. This is a three-and-out team constantly. They won't get near the red zone. They won't get near the goal line. And so JT's going to have to do a lot with a little. And then they're yeah. going to get phased out because they're going to be throwing the football. And what are they going to do when they don't have Wentz in there and they've got their last quarterback in there? Who are they going to trust with pass protection? Probably Hines. So you got to think yeah. if, if the third and fourth quarters, if he's game scripted out, what's going to happen? So that worries me enough to avoid him in round one. But I'm coming back around. Like, let's say they sign Cam. I'd feel a lot more comfortable that they at least have a backup plan in place because I do not think Wentz will stay healthy. Like, if we're to I play mean, the same game. There's definitely concerns there. No same, question. Same game. Life on the line. you got to be within three games. How many games does Wentz play? Nine. So Which at least six a weird games. Number, but, I mean, that you're, so that basically means he's going <laughs> to 
he's going to miss eight games and basically tell him to play half the season. You know, what um, happens to JT at that point? You know what I will say? I will, I will say this, and this goes a little bit against what I'm saying because the odds of Wentz staying healthy later in the year is, is a lot worse than him staying healthy at the beginning. But I don't know. I guess he could miss week four, week two, three, four, five. Like he could get hurt, you know. Um, I think JT will be one of the better buy lows in 2021. I think he starts off disappointing. I don't think he gets the touchdown volume that he needs. And you could swoop in, buy him low, and he could potentially finish on a terror. That's kind of how I feel. You what? I think that's. I think that plays a role too. Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, um, I have one concern. The only other guy that we talked about that we haven't talked about that I have above Najee is Antonio Gibson. I love Gibby. You're going to get that. Uh, his toe concerns me a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. That I don't. If, if that was a mild turf toe, we're good. But if that was a moderate turf toe, and he didn't get it addressed surgically, which he didn't, we're going to see this again. But you if know, it was mild, we're good, and 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 that just uh, so with, I have him as number eight. With that understanding, he he had a mild ter- injury. If he's if he's moderate, he's in the fifteen or eighteen range. It's that big of a deal. He's going to miss four to five games if he has moderate. That's just what it's going to come down to. Remember Devonte here four a couple years ago. Like that's that's what happens. That's what Patrick Mahomes had. That's why he looked like he didn't even have a leg. In the yeah. whole Super Bowl. Like, that was a bad turf tail. That's what happens. Um, you know, and then I think everybody was a little worried about Demont and, like, oh, Cohen's going to be the. Yeah, he's on pop. Come on, stop it. You know, Damian Williams, yeah, okay, he's a good backup. Okay, I, but I think Demont showed enough last year with his receiving abilities, and he was actually really good. And chip on his shoulder. And, and, and yeah, and he's, he's got a lot to prove. We heard that. Um, and, and I think if slash when Fields is in, I think that opens up an offense enough where, where they're like, all right, we can't stack the box. We ain't got to worry about yeah, Fields will help. doing something stupid. Fields will help Monty a ton. You know, but um, there's a lot of that second kind of level, that second latter half of the first round or, or you know, your, your second, third tier, I guess would be that pipe. There's some guys that could easily – if a couple things break right, you're talking, you know, eight to ten range, seven, eight, nine. You know, like, I mean, I know I could make a case. It has to be a perfect case, but I could make a case that Swift is up there. It's probably not going to happen, but it could. I could. There's a way. I could make the same case for Jarrell Henderson, but most people don't have any him. No, even remotely close. Um, I, I'm out on on Miles Sanders. Nick Chubb could go bananas. I just feel like he's a little bit of injury risk, and he just doesn't catch enough passes. It, despite rushing a stupid amount of yards. Um, and then, you know, and then Dalvin's obviously up there. People have him in the top three. I have him at 10. Uh, I just think he misses a couple too many games to yeah. to, to, to put up the numbers to be, a, to be a top five guy. I mean, that's, I mean, points per game, he'll be there, but, you know, um, and, and then CEH is, is kind of that other guy that I'm like, he could, he could easily finish at nine. And I'd be like, yeah. I can see that, but I have him at 14 because I just, that's where he fell. Okay. Closing out the show, uh, medium, medium sleeper breakout, either one sleeper or breakout medium name. Like it could be, he's well-known, 
everybody wants him, but you think he's going to be even bigger and better than people uh, think. Like my, mine would be CD Lamb. Oh, that, every everybody wants Lamb. Yeah. The guy's on fire. I, I, as much as I want to put him in the top ten, I keep putting him in like fourteen. Uh, which I know. I, I, I have I have him. I don't draft him here, but I think he's going to be top five. I could see it, but I mean, he would have to be a freaking target monster. I mean, monster. Um, okay, the the guy that I'm super high on for wide receivers is Keenan Allen. If he stays healthy, he's going to beast out. I, for the most part, he's been able to stay healthy the last several years. He had a fluky. He's had a weird career. He had a bad couple of years. The ACL, he had a bad couple of years, but he's been really good. I think he had a bad, I have to remember it was a hammy. I think it was a hammy last year. Um, I think Pitts is a mismatch freaking nightmare. I mean, if you saw what he did the other day, it was, he wasn't even in there for a lot. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think he scores more points than Kittle. Uh, people aren't going to be happy about that, but I think it's possible. No, it's easily possible. I think he's the number um, one dynasty tight end. I, I think he's already there. I think that Damian Harris is a top 20 running back. Okay. Um, the offensive line is ridiculous. Um, they average 6.5 yards per carry in the preseason. Uh, you you saw that Mac can throw the ball, so they can't stack the box anymore. Um, I think J Rob ends up at twenty, somewhere around there. Um, Give me a deep a deep sleeper. Oh, deep deep. Okay. Um, like it doesn't have to be like an unknown guy, but like I'll give you an example of one. Like I, I think AJ Dillon. This is like off the deep end, and people are going to call me crazy, but it's okay. Um, there are three San Francisco running backs that finish in the top 35. Who's the third? Well, uh, Elijah Mitchell has a ton of upside. Jermichael Hasty. Okay. Hasty's got some upside, and they, they like, I like him. him. He broke his collarbone last year. That's what that's what they like him a lot. I, I think AJ Dillon's my, my must own. Sleeping giant running back. I worry about. Okay. Aaron Jones has had trouble staying healthy in the past. He's shaken the injury label lately. Um, yeah. I do give him that. But he did have a tough time staying healthy for the beginning part of his career. And, and I think A.J. Dillon, in a worst case scenario, consumes about 8 to 10 total TDs if he never starts a game. And if he starts a game, watch out. He's going to tear it up. He's a big he's, boy. I, 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 I'm curious to see what he can do. Um, I think that um, I'm trying to think of ones that are like crazy. Um, I think Joe Mixon's. I have him at 27. So I think Mooney, um, Mooney could be good. Mooney could be really good. I do good. like Mooney. I do I like think. Mooney. I um, I have him. I, I I think. Okay. Who's your number one rookie wide receiver in this class? Devontae Smith. So here's the problem. I like three. But I think because of volume, it's going to be Smith. Who be who is the most impressive? And then who is the most valuable based on where he's being drafted right now? I, I think um, 
I think so Jamar in Chase my mind, is, those are two different answers. I think Jamar Chase is getting way, it's getting way blown out of proportion that he's not separating and he's going to struggle. I, I think Jamar, Jamar Chase is going to be really, really good. But I think Devontae Smith is just a better player, you better there? talent. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, like pretty much locked in my mind. I think Elijah Moore is going to turn some heads. I, he's he's hungry. Um, he's got that, like, I'm going to be the guy that surprises everybody in the wide receiver draft class. Um, but it's going to come down to those three guys for me. Elijah Moore, most valuable right now. The guy who impresses us the most, Rondell Moore. I love Rondell. You know, Rondell Moore can can out squat almost most linemen in the NFL. I mean, some guys are just freaks like that. Yeah, he, he can they out just, squat them. Do it. His his vertical is insane. He also he also got his four year degree in two years. Very intelligent. And uh, I think reminds- he does. The Larry Fitz role, like watch out! I'm telling you, watch out! This offense, we thought they were going to be bananas last year. This could be it this year. Yeah, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore has a lot of AB to his game. A lot of Antonio Brown. And I like AB. I mean, I know he's, but I think AB is one of those guys that can pull off that second career, and you're like, what? I think AB is one of the few guys that can do it. Yeah, he's a good cuff to either Evans or Godwin too. Because if one goes down, and he, and he, he's got a, when when him. I think him and Brady develop a rapport. Yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, Doctor Jesse Morris. Find him on Twitter at Doctor Jesse Morris. I have it right on the screen there. And uh, we got to do this more often. Maybe we'll do like a check in um, every couple weeks and and do a little like random. Heading into week four, heading into week, we'll just call it a heading into whatever week it is, and we'll just do a little series on that. Sounds good, buddy. All right, man. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty. Get on over to smitty1.com and click on the Underdog Fantasy banner. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks, and I'll give you a free phone call. We'll talk draft, trade, whatever you want. Go to smitty1.com, click on the Underdog Fantasy banner, and make sure promo code Smitty's entered. Let's go.